0: Hi, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. This is a marketing podcast like you haven't heard before. It's about real connections and honest conversations. Why am I here? To remind you that you can fly. If you're brave enough to listen to that calling inside you, I'm here to serve you and show you that marketing can and should be honest, that the truth sells, and authenticity wins. So how can businesses and brands build a real and authentic audience? The Authentic Audience Podcast gives you insight into growing your business and marketing strategies to gain real followers and loyal customers. Each week, I create a space of radical honesty for thought leaders and entrepreneurs who have built successful businesses to share their insights on business, marketing, relationships, life, and spirituality. Each episode is sure to remind you the power of storytelling and truth selling. Get ready to get real, get raw, get honest, and keep growing. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Authentic Audience Podcast. My name is Krista Ritma, and I am your host. And today is a solo episode with me. There is something that felt very important to share and... This is my favorite place to drop in, connect, share love, engage, and grow together. So, for this episode today, it's going to be a quick solo episode. I know I say quick every time, but the intention is to really share a transformational experience that has happened to me. And I didn't really become aware of it until yesterday. So, I knew yesterday that I was going to be recording a solo episode today, and in my mind, I just kept saying what feels important to share. Obviously, that's what I'll share. And so this came through, and I'm very excited and just empowered to share this with you because my whole purpose, my whole goal of this podcast, of this platform is to serve you for your highest and greatest good, whether that is through the lens of business, of relationships, spirituality, whatever it may be. The purpose, my point is to open my heart and give you what you need. So hopefully this resonates with some of you and will inspire you to create some awareness, some action, and just some healing for yourself in whichever area of life may need it. I was just dropping in and sending some prayers for this episode and decided to pick an angel card. And of course, as always, the deck is hot. Uh, Krista Q, who works for us, you may know her, uh, gifted me this deck just a few weeks ago, and I've been choosing and picking cards from it almost daily. And it's a great deck. It's called the Starseed Oracle and when I asked her if she knew that I wanted this deck, she said, "You may have mentioned it in the sweetest way." And it's just so nice um to feel heard and seen you say a lot of things and just to have it reflected back that I had maybe said that and she heard and bought it for me. It just feels really special. And I just um feeling a lot of gratitude for my team and for my business today. So, Before we start, the card that I chose is titled Breath of the Cosmos, Micromanaging the Universe. Can't make this shit up. The card says, my will to thy will. When we rely on our own will, we're micromanaging the universe and resisting the natural flow of life. We're not trusting the mysterious breath of life, and we're rejecting the great cosmic intelligence and instead relying on our own personal strength. When we do this, we find ourselves attempting to bend things to our will. We spend time forcing, pushing, and living from a space of trying to. Everyone around us can feel it, and the universe can feel it too. You're being called to stop micromanaging the universe and trust the breath of life to surrender from the greater will that to surrender to the greater will that God has for you and to move from my will to thy will. When you surrender to the greater will of life, you begin dancing with the rest of life. When you bow to the great mystery and say, please use me, please show me the way. Little by little, you find yourself living your most fulfilling, authentic life. When you surrender your personal will, when you relinquish control and release the way you think things should be and surrender to the greater will, you will find yourself being led, you will begin breathing the breath of life. This is so beautiful and so profound, especially looking at and thinking about and feeling into what I had planned and will still plan to share with you. And now it just feels even more important and that I'm just on the right track. I just recorded an episode with Trevor Hall that will come out in a few weeks. And we talk about the number 108 and just the auspiciousness around it and what angel numbers really mean. And for me, whether it's a number or whether it's um, an animal that keeps appearing to me or a dream or something that keeps showing up, I really feel led in so many ways and recognizing these things as being on the right track. Is really what these angels num- on these angel num- what these angel numbers and auspicious things mean to me? It's a reminder, and they're always there. It's just whether or not we're conscious to it of not or not. It's really a choice. And when we choose to see it, it's like all around us. and that, to me, is just perfect for what I want to talk to you about today. so hmm to begin. So uh, a lot's been going on with us lately. And as always, I'm sure a lot is going on with you too in your world. Being alive is quite the roller coaster (laughs) day in and day out. Last week, I was just like thinking about everything that had happened in one day. And it's just like so overwhelming. But when I become just super present to the moment, like I am right now, it's really, about gratitude and things just falling away and not seeming maybe as important or as intense as I thought. So two things that have been coming up. The first thing that really triggered me when Emery shared this with me, Over a week ago, I was in a moment of stress. And one thing about delivering messages to people, this isn't about delivering messages to your best friends because you can deliver messages to them anytime. But when you are thinking about something, I have something in mind right now that I really want to talk to somebody about. And it just doesn't feel like the delivery is going to land and that it's not actually in their best interest right now and isn't going to serve their highest and greatest good for me to deliver the message at all in any capacity. People do have to be ready to hear it. And when Emery last week during a heightened moment, actually, this was like two weeks ago, a heightened moment of stress said to me, stress is a choice. (laughs) I of course wanted to hang up the phone and, you know, tell her to, Whatever. But now that I've allowed that to really sit with me and create space for that idea of stress being a choice, it's been a big shift that's happened. And that, along with something else, and I want to share that first. But before I go more into the stress side of things, this is also coming from a space of privilege and of. A life that I know not everyone has access to, meaning I have a roof over my head. I have my health first and foremost. I mean, obviously there are things that I'm still healing in my body, but it's not distracting me. I'm not in chronic pain or experiencing chronic illness. And I have a roof over my head, food on my table. So when we're not in survival mode, Um, how do we thrive? Because surviving is surviving. And a lot of us, many of us, uh, myself included, have had this experience where it's just about surviving the experience or the moment or the day, in which case we don't actually have a lot of time to process or reflect or be stressed out at all. Um, I have a friend of mine that says I am blessed with stress Meaning if you have time to be stressed out or dealing with um, any type of quote unquote stressful situation, whether it be with relationships or friends or business, that it's actually a blessing because if you were really in survival mode, then this stress probably would not exist. So I do want to start by saying that around stress being a choice. um, And I don't want to get too much Further into that, but I do want to just say, I recognize how privileged I am and what a luxury it is to feel worry, to feel stress and to have time, space, energy to process these feelings. So with that being said, I have had a very interesting experience over the last couple of weeks where I have realized that This hypnotherapy session I did over six months ago has like really ingrained itself into me and how profound this has been. And in fact, like changed my whole experience of life and the way that I think. And we hear all the time, at least in the circles I run with, the statement turning on the observer, stepping into the witness, or detaching from your ego, right? We hear these things about becoming the observer, becoming the witness. And for me, a lot of this felt like something happening out of body, meaning um, a lot of spiritual practices take us out of body into visualizations, whether it be past or future and not a lot of things grounding us down into our physical body. And It's just been like this compounded effect. I'm going to acupuncture right now um, to prep my sweet womb for, you know, a fertile, happy living environment. And one thing that he said to me is when you meditate, what are you meditating on? (laughs) It's like, um, is this a trick question? I'm meditating the divine. I'm contemplating the divine. Like, isn't that what I'm supposed to be doing? And he was like, well, I just want to make sure you're staying in your body. So right now is really important for you to be in your body. So instead of leaving it to do visualization exercises or things like that, I would love for you to like stay with your breath, stay with your feet planted on the ground, things like that, that remind you to be rooted and grounded and like being in the trees and just like grounding in to your human body is really important to you right now. So I've had that in my head. Um, over the last couple weeks or so, but in the last two weeks, I've had these three massive experiences and to be one aware of just what's happening has been really cool. But I want to share this because it's just one shift that's happened that has allowed me to basically take a step back and have so much compassion for myself and so much love and almost like entertainment isn't really the word, but like I'm watching my experience and it's really interesting. And my good friend's mom always says she's like this wise woman and everybody calls her. And when there is a relationship or a riff or like uh, somebody is behaving a certain way in a friendship, she always says, this is information. And your job here is just to collect information right? So that you have this information to make a rational decision. And this is just about collecting information. And she says this a lot. So I think that it's been a couple of things, but I'm able to now distill it into one, one thing that happened. And so in my hypnotherapy session six months ago or over now, One thing that she had me do was watch my experience. So instead of having me relive, which I know a lot of therapists are different, there's different methodologies that want people to like be in the driver's seat, which I also find really valuable. But in this specific instance, she had me watch my experience of the masks coming down on the plane and um, the nose diving and like that experience that left me incredibly traumatized and scared to fly. And not only that, but she had me watch a lot of other experiences as well from this space of just, she said, I'm not going to ask you to relive it. I'm not going to ask you to even feel those feelings. I just want you to watch her and tell me what she's doing, what's happening, what she's experiencing. So the way that she led me through it was really easy for me to step into that space of watching Krista have this experience. And it was really cool because I've heard a lot of like stepping into the observer and things like that. But through this hypnotherapy I was able to actually watch myself having this experience along with many other experiences, which was rapid transformation. It healed so much in that 90 minute session, maybe two hours and specifically around my fear of flying. So that's been great. And I'll share more about that. And in the last couple of weeks, so now fast forward six months, I've done so much work in the last six months, not only, um, within the business and hiring and launching and creating, but on myself, um, getting pregnant and going through a miscarriage and healing from that, like really healing from that in a very intentional and like you know, and, and with intentional, the way I, the way I define that in this experience is like with a desired outcome. So with the intention to heal so that I could bring the right family structure into the world. And so I've worked with a couple of different people realizing I was still holding on and holding a lot back. So I've really done a lot of work on this healing ancestral traumas. I mean, I'm really intentionally creating space for a new family structure to come through that Clay and I get to design together, that we get to create together and birth together. And honestly, it's been incredibly sacred. This container that I am working on cur- curating like such a weird word to use for what I'm doing, but I am like curating this life of like my spiritual practices and which clients I want to be around and which friends I'm interested in taking with me into this next chapter and places where I want to create space and just very intentional. Um, One of my favorite clients, Stassi has a program called Intentional Living, and this feels very much in, in alignment with that. Anyway, so in the last couple of weeks, fast forward, I've done this hypnotherapy. It was great. I've been on a couple of flights. So far, so good. I have had such a funny experience with being off my own ride. So I've worked really hard on the last couple of years. I'm a you should person, and I really don't love this about myself. Like, I tell people all the time, oh, you should do this. Like, you should go to therapy or you should try this or whatever it is, whether it's business, personal, it doesn't matter. I'm you shitting people all the time. And it has been a huge lesson for me getting off of other people's rides. So you can still be super loving and super compassionate without being on the ride and this has been incredibly powerful for those closest to me that i'm just in total disagreement whether it's about lifestyle or choices or whatever and i can still love them without being on the ride and seeing how it's affecting them and then getting affected it's like this is their journey they're having an experience my job is to love them my job is to accept them and if they ask for help or in any way shape I feel that me saying something, stepping in is going to serve their greatest and highest good than I will, but otherwise I'm off the ride. I'm just here to support your greatest and highest good and honor your experience. And that has been incredibly healing within my relationships, friendships, especially within my marriage, honoring Clay's experience as Clay is like, sounds very simple, but when our partner is having this big experience, whether it's spiritually or professionally, Clay happens to be having both. We want to like be along for the ride and feel those highs, highs and lows together. And what I've really been working on is just like not attaching myself to Clay's experience. We tend to be like really opinionated and have like a, I hate to say it, but like A personal agenda, right? Like there is a decision that we want our partners to make because it's like in our best interest, right? So I really tried to honor that. I'm the worst with Clay when it comes to you should, and let him just have his own experience spiritually, professionally, emotionally. And it's been really cool. So here I am just having this experience where I am witnessing friends, family, my husband, sister, having the experiences and not feeling the need to step in to fix it, to tell them I think they're wrong. Nothing really at all other than witness it. Like this is interesting. I'm gathering information. And that has been a massive shift. I am what you call anxious attachment. I am incredibly attached and it's my biggest thing in my spiritual journey that I'm working on is detaching from the need to be seen, um, from the need to feel like this love or feel special, right? All these things that we have, these attachments that we have, especially I have an attachment to being needed and for people to need me, right? Which is so weird, but we all have our thing. So for me to step off the ride of the people I love most has been incredibly powerful and something that I've been working on doing. So there's that experience. And one example is last week or two weeks ago, um, I had a situation come up with my like personal finances. I was just like going through something, noticed a discrepancy, whatever, Anyway, I didn't handle it well and Clay got really mad and had like this full on experience and I did not react. And that is so unlike me, like when somebody is accusing me or coming at me with a certain energy, (laughs) I tend to react and react very strongly. And instead, I was able to witness his whole experience and mine in that moment And instead of like chasing him out the door, yelling at him, like having my own ego get involved, I was able to completely remove myself and just be this witness to what was happening. Like, this is what I did wrong. This is what caused him to flip. He had a full experience. I'm going to honor that and just get back to my work. And we'll talk about this when he calms down, which for me is like huge. So then that happened. So a couple other things. I will give specific examples in each area because that is in relationship. That is our biggest trigger. Marriage is our mirror, our greatest teacher, our guru, some might say, right? It's like this very close relationship where somebody you cannot hide. It's a mirror. And so to to have myself switch into the witness in that moment in the moment was really big because typically you react right. And that primal reaction I recently learned is in the first seven seconds. And so if in those seven seconds, you can switch into a different space of thinking and feeling that's not that primal reaction, that's when we can actually heal and you know, have rational responses to things. So that was really powerful for me in relationship. Then another area is in career or money, right? So a lot of us, myself included, tend to get really attached to a dollar amount in our bank account or just in general, right? We have this like heavy relationship to money. And I have been doing so much work all year on my relationship with money and really trusting in the unknown, which is really hard for me. And that means as an entrepreneur, I don't know right now, where my money in Q1 will come from because I only plan 90 days out. So we are good through Q4, but I trust completely that the right clients, projects, and people are going to find us. And I'm holding that space on purpose. I don't plan farther than 90 days out, but where our money is coming from in Q1 is unknown to me. So doing this work of just leaning in and loving that in a way and trusting in a way that we're held, we do good work. We're in integrity. People need what we have. We're here to serve. Like it's been so much work to get to this space. And then the other night, I start going through my personal finances because I'm really trying to not only trust in the bigger energies of money, but lean in to the conversation. So understand what I'm spending my personal finances on, understand where I can scale back, where I might be living out of my means, where I should be saving, things like this. So I'm going through my credit card. I find some discrepancies and things that I totally missed, totally my fault. And instead of having like an absolute meltdown, which normally I would, I was like, this is interesting. Like I haven't looked at this and now because I haven't looked at this, this is the outcome. Like I had this really rational reaction to it, went through it, figured out where the discrepancies were, realized what had happened and like handled it from a space of just handling it. Within a few days, my energy had been in this space of trust around money, of actually switching into gratitude that I didn't catch those discrepancies because I am doing okay financially. Like if I was really stressed or budgeting in a really tight way, I would have caught those things. So it taught me two things. One, to be grateful that I'm doing well enough that I didn't even catch it. And two, that I need to be more on top of it. So those were my two things. I need to stay more on top of it and I need to step into gratitude because this is like not a life or death life-changing kind of problem. It can easily be resolved and it can easily be fixed. And I did this in a very non-emotional way, which again, totally crazy. So then staying on the same track of money, within a few days, I had had this energy around money because I'm planning this um, month for myself in Baja for Q4. And I really want to hold space for my book. For these growth cards and abundance deck that I'm working on. And I have like really clear goals that need creative space. Like I need unstructured creative time to work on these things and need to meet certain financial goals. So that is why I've been like looking at my credit cards and making sure I'm like budgeting appropriately for Baja. All of this like is new to me, which, you know, I'm a little embarrassed to admit, but. I for so long have either relied on my dad or my husband or now my assistant and, or my head of operations to be in charge of the finances. And I've always like pushed it away, but I had this intention a couple of weeks ago to lean in and make sure that I know what I'm doing, at least like to the extent of (laughs) P&Ls, which is like super basic if you run a business. So within a few days of like, Having this energy around money and trusting and just leaning in and being more aware, but in a very detached way, in a very rational way, in a very like, these are the numbers we have to hit in order for me to take this space that I want to take. And if we don't hit it, then I'm not going to be able to take it. And that's just the way it is. It's not like this emotional thing of me not being good enough. Anyway, a few days later, I got a phone call and long story short, I forgot about one of my contracts because I have a lot of them and a pillar of revenue for us is referrals. And I have this referral contract in place. Long story short, I forgot about it and we're getting a massive payday. I did not have to work anymore, do anything else to get this. And if it all goes through, like it's supposed to, and says in the contract, I get this month in Q4 without having to worry, we've hit our success revenue for this pillar. And then some, it's a business changing amount of money to be getting without having to sacrifice. You know, there's such a stigma around, Will you have to like, you know, sacrifice in order to receive And here I am doing all this work on receiving, all of this work on opening energy to that wavelength of receiving and boom, in our laps, life-changing. And I didn't flip out. So in the same way, I didn't jump on the ride for the negative or for the low, right, of like, finding these like thousands of dollars of discrepancies or having an altercation with my partner. On the high side of the roller coaster, getting this call out of the blue, reminding me from a very honest colleague of mine, which is why I'm very particular about my referral agreements. And this is exactly why I've been working on this for months. I totally forgot. I've just been doing the work to do the work. And then to receive like that, I didn't jump on the ride either. I was just like, wow, this is so interesting. Here I am turning my energy into this, working for hours, right? On these budgets, making sure I'm good, making sure I have enough space and time and energy to pay my team and buy the right things and take care of our house and our dogs and our car insurance and whatever, but not in an emotional way, not in like, I'm on the ride of being emotionally attached and also not in an out of body way in a very grounded way. So that was interesting. It was like, Oh, I'm just like collecting information. Like I turned my energy towards this. I've been really rational with my budgeting and I forgot that I had this rev deal in place and boom, just like that. Wow. That's super interesting. Right. Not even like a screaming, crying, jumping for joy, which like in the past, when that type of thing would happen, like I'd sign my dream client or my proposal that I've worked for hours on gets approved. Right. I would have this like emotionally almost violent, whether it's good or bad, like manic reaction to things and it's very extreme and it's not healthy. And I wasn't trying to not react. This is like literally what happened. And I just was like, wow, that's really interesting. She did this, this, and this, and this is what happened. Like this was the result. And it was just putting myself into the observer again, without trying to, it happened in the moment to the point where Clay had more of an emotional reaction than I did, which if anybody knows us, that's crazy. So the third thing that happened is the, the biggest thing, because it's what brought this whole thing home for me and have, and what has given me like words or a way to explain it to you today. And that was yesterday. So yesterday I'm on the flight home and if anybody is familiar with my anxiety around flying, it's specifically around turbulence and I feel that I'm going to die, that the plane is going to plummet and that that's it, like death, I'm dead and everyone around me is dead and everything's dead. I mean, anxiety is pending doom. So anyway, we start to feel turbulence yesterday, Clay's asleep and i was doing my thing and i've noticed that my heart like leapt up into my chest when it started to get really bumpy and that's an anxiety response my body was having a physical expo- a physical response and in it i didn't talk myself down i didn't try and calm myself down i just watched krista have this experience And I was able to slow my breathing down without trying to slow my breathing down without thinking about it because I just watched myself. I was like, wow, her body tightens like this is her anxious response. This is what happens to her chest. This is what her heart and chest feels like to be anxious. This is her body's response to anxiety. And in those first seven seconds, that primal response, my body left and had an immediate primal response to what was going on. But without having to do anything, I just watched this experience and was so loving and almost like, wow, this is super interesting. Like not from a form of entertainment, but like information, like This is cool. I'm learning how her body responds. And I was able and aware enough, which if you've ever had a panic attack, this is massive in the moment to witness myself. And I have never during a panic attack or on a flight or even in a bout of anxiety, been able to be the witness. And I was so in the witness that I was able to say to Krista having an experience, this is just what your body does when it's uncomfortable. You are uncomfortable and you are not dying. You're just uncomfortable and you're fine. Like the plane's not gonna. I was able to rationalize to the point of when is the last time that you heard of a commercial flight, just going from NYC to San Francisco, crashing out of nowhere, literally never like my, I was able to rationalize with myself and then have me myself be like, totally, I'm just having an experience. I'm going to just breathe through it. Not even try to like stop it or slow down my breathing, but just like recognize that my body's having this experience and not to be so hard on myself. And it gave me so much compassion. So all of this to say, I'm the observer and I don't know how long this is going to last, but I have done so much since I did that first hypnotherapy and where it comes full circle is because in that hypnotherapy session, she taught me to be the observer. She took me into a hypnosis, into a state from the beginning of watching myself. She starts with going downstairs, you know, as most hypnotherapy sessions, like you're going to start by like, you know, going through door or downstairs or counting or whatever. And from the moment that she starts you down, you're looking at your feet, you're looking at your body having this experience. So I was actually able to do that for the first time. And that is what I'm doing now. It's like, it clicked and it changed something in my psyche. And in the way that I process that this ability to watch myself have an experience in the moment has also translated to watching my people that I love like clay or my parents or my sister or my friends or my colleagues or my people that I work with or people that work for me have an experience and say, they're having an experience right now. This is part of their journey and trust their journey And that, is there a way that I can serve this situation for the highest and greatest good, in which case I will? Otherwise, it's none of my fucking business. It's really not. Like, we so oftentimes mistake our parents' trips or our friends or our partners, especially for our own experience. And it's really not. And it's not even our problem other than to be incredibly supportive of where they're at on their journey. So why can't we do that for ourselves? So yesterday I was able to be like, wow, okay. So her body is still having an anxious, an anxious response, but she knows now that she's not going to die. She's done all this healing. She knows where it comes from, but her body isn't quite like caught up her body feels turbulence and still has this like really anxious response. How interesting instead of judging myself, Oh my God, the hypnotherapy didn't work. Like getting into my ego. I feel like I have to start over. It's like, no, she's just having an experience, have a little compassion for the human experience that we are on. And this getting off of the ride With my friends, with my family, with my partner. And now, finally, yesterday, realizing I've done this with myself, with my finances, with my fears. It's just about having compassion for me. And when we do these like past life regressions, or we like go back and nurture our inner child, and we like do a lot of these things where we go hug that young person, right? One thing that I think about all the time is watching myself have that miscarriage and just the level of compassion I have for that person, which is in fact me and therefore all of the moms and all of the women that have had that experience because right. It's healed so much. And I wanted to share this and give these examples because we do all the work and we do therapy and we do healings and we go see psychics and we do all this stuff, but the, the transformation and the energy shift is just right inside. It's just right there. And all it took for me is that one hypnotherapy that taught me like an actual strategic way, right. To get into the observer, because when I'm having a panic attack and someone's like, Oh, just switch into the observer. Like, okay, cool. Not helpful. Not helpful. But in a healing session where I learned the appropriate way, that skill has now transformed me six months later. And I didn't even realize it. It's subconscious. And so these healings, these workings with spiritual teachers or healers or hypnotherapists or real therapists, not to say hypnotherapists aren't real, but I mean like a standard therapy or Reiki or. Any of these things, right, that we do to reconnect, to remember, to heal, to uncover is working with the subtle energies. It's working with the subconscious. And when we can create space and energy to work there in our subconscious mind, that's where it all really happens and that's the biggest realization that i've had is like having not responding to clay in the moment not responding to a huge amount of money coming into my world not responding to a panic attack that my body so desperately was trying to have was subconscious and that is the work and that is why we do it and that is why we create rituals that is why we create prayers mantras, whatever it is, and train our subconscious for those moments. And I used to say all the time without even really knowing why I'm saying it, like, this is why we do the work when something massive happens. And I've never felt this more than during my miscarriage and like the dark night of the soul, the more most physical and emotional pain I've ever been in. What saved me in that moment was my spiritual practice was my guru were my teachers was my mantra was my god and nothing else everything else went out the window except for the subconscious ability that i have because of the practice and the rituals and the healings and the work that allowed me to subconsciously switch right into trust and the fact that i can subconsciously trust and then I picked this angel card about stop trying to micromanage in the universe and just trust is so powerful. And I wanted to share this because I was sharing this with a couple of friends and they were like, this is huge for you. Like, this is so huge. And it really is because if I can train my subconscious mind to trust, then anything is possible. My whole thing is not trusting the unknown. My whole freaking thing is holding on too tight and micromanaging and trying to be in control. And then all of a sudden here I am in full trust and surrender subconsciously. And this exercise in becoming the witness over and over and over again, and getting off the freaking ride has paid off in astronomical ways. But yesterday, becoming the witness during a what used to be panic attack is the biggest win and feels so important to share because you have so much more control and just intuition and energy and know-how and all it takes For me, was that one hypnotherapy session where she led me through a visualization teaching me to really watch my experience. She said to me, I'm not asking you to go back there. I don't want you to feel how you felt. I want you to watch. I want you to tell me what she's experiencing. Just explain it to me like you're telling me the story, right? And that was it. And now here I am consciously and subconsciously doing this on a daily basis and I didn't even realize it. I didn't even realize I had signed that contract. I didn't even realize so much of this stuff consciously. And the work I'm doing now is all about the subconscious. It's all about the subtle body because when we can heal the subtle bodies. So for example, right now, I'm doing a ton of work with a nutrition response therapist and with an acupuncturist, which is all subtle body work, right? All subtle body energies, but those are the energies that we can't feel that we can't see that a blood test maybe can't confirm that are protecting us from actually getting us sick. The subconscious is protecting us from actually being conscious of certain things, right? So I'm feeling like this really epic aha into the subtle body and the subconscious and all these healers talk about it all the time. And I'm like, oh, so if this is valuable or in resonance with you, this episode is truly for you to recognize not to wait until you get sick for it to actually move into your physical body. If we can attack our subtle body with energy work, with Reiki, with healings, with clearings. Oh my gosh, please do cord cuttings. Please. I'm not saying you should, but please, if this is in resonance with you, find a great cord cutting meditation, whatever it is to clear the energy around you and hold it so, so, so sacred, like a little baby. The energy around a baby is so sacred. If we can do this for ourselves, for our bodies, what we're eating, what we're hearing, what we're listening to, what we're watching, right? That's all the subtle body getting in to our subconscious that will then affect our physical body and our actual conscious experience. So that is my realization. That is what I wanted to share. And I, it's taken me only six months of setting this intention and actually understanding, well, what do you mean be the witness? Like, what do you mean? And when you experience something in a month later are like, oh, now I can observe why I behaved that way. Now I can rationally explain this that's amazing. And that's a first step. And I was there for a long time. I could even get there like 10, 20 minutes later, like I'll have this massive reaction. And sometimes I come back from it so quickly. I have to like, pretend I'm still upset because I'm embarrassed at how far I just took something, but to be able to switch it on in the moment is actually subconsciously doing it. And when we can create practices, rituals, mantras, Whatever it is to start healing and working with the subtle energies that surround us and affect us on such a deep way, this is when the healing really happens and quickly, like super quickly. The body responds so fast, the mind responds so fast. You know, I was just doing this TikTok course with my team with Ocean. We did end up doing that for all of you who listened to that podcast. She's amazing. and she was saying that the algorithm like re readjusts itself every two every 72 hours. So like if you've been liking certain content, it's going to serve you that kind of content. But if you want to see different content, then you just need to start engaging with different content and your algorithm will adjust within a few days. I feel that our body is the same way. Our ability to heal, our ability to transform. Subtly, energetically, and actually physically is incredible. And you have all the power in the world. And this episode is just like, man, if I can do this, anyone can do this. And this is about empowering you to do whatever it takes to clear the energy around you and look at the spaces in your heart, in your life that you're holding on, that you're seeing repeat patterns, whatever it is, because it will keep showing up. And yesterday I didn't even realize what I did until I was telling Emery about it on the way home. And she was like, how was the flight? Oh my God. Tell me everything. Were you okay? And she's like, I feel like your energy is so different. This is crazy. And I was like, yeah, the craziest thing happened. Like I was on the plane and, and Clay was asleep and turbulence got really bad. And like, here's what happened. And she was like, holy shit, you became the observer. You are the observer. And I was the observer with clay in our altercation. I was observing with my bank account. I was observing when that money came out of nowhere. I'm a, I'm not attached to the ride, but I'm still in my body. I'm more grounded than ever. I'm focused on my breath. I'm honoring my human experience, but I'm not like attaching my emotional and ego reactions to it. And I don't know how long it's going to last, right? Like we have these really big awakenings or we like touch this energy and sometimes it lasts for five minutes in a meditation. Other times it lasts for five days, other times an eternity, but I'm just honoring it and wanted to share it while it was still really fresh in the hopes that if there is an area in your life where you're feeling like just a little bit off notice it, lean into that. That's what I did with my acupuncture, right? Now I'm feeling so clear and knowing that these subtle energies, this subconscious work, the things we tell ourselves, what we listen to, what we do affects what we create. It affects what we see. Like Trevor on my podcast, you'll hear in a couple of weeks, he's episode 108, very auspicious and beautiful talks about like what you eat, you belch out, right? So what you ingest is what you put out, um, subconsciously and consciously. So just becoming more and more aware of our patterns of what we're doing, of who we're talking to, of what's our business of what's not, and not only getting off the ride of those people around us, But getting off our own ride, like take off the freaking like the roller coaster thing, get off the roller coaster and just watch your body and ego go through this experience and have so much compassion and so much love for the human experience because it is so epic and so beautiful and all the things. So that's my message. I hope it lands. I hope it resonates. I just fully And I am so grateful for this platform and for this space to be able to do this and share. And if this was in resonance, please write me, please send me a note, um, you know, share this episode with somebody that you think might need it. It's really about like those little baby things, those little steps we do with the intention to heal something that like sets off a ripple effect. Like my intention to heal this fear of flying over seven months ago, the reason why I booked the call was because it was the height of COVID and I was spending so much time worrying about my next flight when it wasn't even scheduled yet. And I was like, this is taking up too much of my time. My time is so precious. I have to heal this. So if there's a reoccurring pattern or worry or thought or fear that is taking up your precious time, my challenge and my invitation for you is to lean in and look at this space and how you can shed some light into the darkness and start to heal it because you have all the power. It is yours. The transformation is already yours. It's already happened. It's already there. So I'm so proud of you. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving me permission for allowing me to do what I do. It's an honor until next time. Keep growing.